Leading Ideas Talks podcast is brought to you by the Lewis Center for Church Leadership of Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C. Subscribe free to our weekly e-newsletter, Leading Ideas, at churchleadership.com slash leadingideas. How can your church help youth claim a vital faith? No question is more critical to the future of the church. Learn effective tips your congregation can use to improve ministry with teens and their families in the free Lewis Center resource, 50 Ways to Strengthen Ministry with Youth. Read now, download free, and share at churchleadership.com slash 50 ways. And remember to stay up to date with the latest church leadership strategies and information please like and subscribe to this channel and click the bell icon to get updates for new videos. How can your youth ministry cultivate a faith that stays with the young person as they mature through adulthood? In this episode, we speak with Brad Griffin of the Fuller Youth Institute about five compass points that can guide an impactful youth ministry. The approach emphasizes building trust and relationships while teaching in transformative and experiential ways that help young people make meaning of their faith and life experiences. Welcome to Leading Ideas Talks. My name is Ann Michael. I'm a senior consultant with Blue's Center for Church Leadership of Wesley Theological Seminary. I'm one of the editors of Leading Ideas e-newsletter, and I'm so pleased to be the host for this episode of Leading Ideas Talks. Uh, my guest today is Brad Griffin, who's the Senior Director of Content and Research for the Fuller Youth Institute, and he is co-author with Kara Powell and Jen Bradbury of a new book, Faith Beyond Youth Group, Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong Discipleship. So uh, welcome to Leading Ideas Talks, Brad. Thanks, Anne. It's great to be here. Happy to be yeah. talking about this. Yeah. Uh, so to set the stage for the conversation, I wondered if you could just very briefly describe the work of the Fuller Youth Institute and then specifically the work that led to this new book. Yeah, so our really the heart of FYI is turning research into resources, mm -hmm. and we want to equip. We want to equip leaders, parents, adults who care about young people, in particular mm -hmm. teenagers and young adults, and who care about their faith. We believe that young people can change the world, and we really want to support them along the way and be there for them and, and really try to understand them. So um, our research tries to go to the heart of that. And in terms of this particular project, often we find that one question leads to another. And we've been at this, you know, just about 20 years now. And so some of the early questions that we wrestled with were around um, what can we do in our churches, in our homes, in our ministries to help young people when they're with us to carry their faith with them. And we mm -hmm. had a, a big project called Sticky Faith that really tracked with young people in that transition out of high school and into college and beyond. And in some ways, this project with Faith Beyond Youth Group is kind of a full circle moment for us, where we asked a, a similar but different question of youth ministry is great. We love youth ministry. We want to support what happens in those you know spaces and places. And what about all that time that teenagers spend outside our ministries. You know, how can we help them cultivate faith that is for not just what happens in ministry, but beyond it yeah. and the rest of their week and the rest of their lives. 
And um, so it was funded by a grant too that helped us um, really explore how character is part of that equation. So, yeah. well, that yeah. actually was going to be my very next question because mm -hmm. um, character is such a central construct in the book, um, yeah. uh, which is about uh, faith formation in youth and then how, how youth can develop this, this faith that extends beyond uh, their time as youth and church. And so I wondered if you could um, define character as you're using it in this book and then explain the central role that you see it playing in um, faith formation and discipleship growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, of course, there's a lot of research out there about character. And one of the gifts of this project was tapping into all the research that exists and then looking at, well, how do we apply this in faith formation context? So it, as part of that kind of application process, we um, we ended up distilling a definition of character that is living out Jesus' goodness every day by loving God and our neighbors. Yeah. So it's centered in the character of Jesus, living out Jesus' goodness, an everyday nature, because character is an everyday, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> thing. And then by loving God and our neighbors, um, that we're centering in that great commandment of Jesus and kind of that distillation of, um, of what it means to follow God and, and live in the world. And so we, we make a distinction between just making, trying to make teenagers good kids. Sometimes we hear that, you know, yeah. that, that even folks in our church will say, oh, you, we have such good kids. And yes, we have good kids, but the goal of Christian formation and discipleship, you know, whatever language we use around that, it's not really just to make good kids. It's to form us into the character of Christ. Yeah. And so those are maybe related and sometimes we're talking about the same things, but they're not quite the same. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I appreciated the distinction you made in the book between character and sort of behaviors. You know, this isn't mm -hmm. this isn't about purity or, uh, you know, uh, certain ways that kids are going to manifest good behaviors. Uh, but I did, you know, living out Jesus's goodness every day by loving God and our neighbors. I think that's how I would define discipleship. And, ma and maybe that's my particular denominational slant, but, but mm -hmm. how, mm -hmm. how do you distinguish this definition of character from what, from how you understand discipleship broadly? Mm -hmm. You know, we, while we were intentionally connecting them, um, mm -hmm. what we, as we're kind of envisioning this, it is character forming discipleship. And so it's a discipleship that doesn't just separate out our spirituality from the rest of our lives. And it doesn't just focus on moral conformity or behavior, right. or, you know, as you said, kind of that list of do's and don'ts, as mm -hmm. we might say, it really is a, is an integrative discipleship. Um, now people define character all sorts of ways, right. you know, and even when we talk to teenagers, um, they said some really insightful things like, well, it's who you are really, you know, is one way they mm -hmm. talked about it or who you are most of the time. Um, and, it, you know, I think, I think we hope for an integrative kind of discipleship that does look at um, Christ likeness as an mm -hmm. outcome of that mm -hmm. discipleship. And I think Christ-likeness and character are often terms that um, that folks use kind of interchangeably. 
Right. So, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of us instinctively think of um, character as an outgrowth of faith. But if I'm reading your book correctly, I think you're actually saying that it's the other way around, that developing mm. good character habits is what carries faith forward. Am, am I mis is, is, is that right? Hmm. I, that's a really interesting observation. Yeah, I think I think maybe the way that I would say it is we that that it seems to be a dynamic okay. <laughs> that it sort of goes both directions, you know. All and, right. Yeah. And in a way, mm -hmm. and so in the character for, formation research, there's a lot of conversation about um, like learning and and then trying. And so we, we end up calling this practicing together where we're, mm -hmm. we're going out and trying something, you know, we're experimenting, we're trying to put on and live out in our life. Um, you know, whether it's, it's as um, simple as practicing an act of kindness or as really hard or complicated as forgiving someone who's, mm -hmm. who's wronged us, you know, that that's a way of sort of practicing it's trying out and, and, and it, that is sort of lived discipleship. And then we, we process, we make sense of that. We internalize it into who we are. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it's sort of that dynamic, you yeah. know, that becomes, so we, so yeah. we believe in an act in our, our, our sort of um, reinforcingly connected. It's not uh, yeah. One necessarily leads to the other. Well, let's get yeah. into the heart of the book. Uh, yeah. So your, your research identifies um, these five, you call them compass points, uh, that are important in forming character in young people. And, and uh, just for the sake of our listeners, that metaphor of compass point is, is very deliberate because you're saying this isn't a checklist or a linear process. These are just sort of five ways to orient your efforts in, in working with youth. And, mm -hmm. and just, uh, I'll name them quickly, uh, cultivating trust, modeling growth, teaching for transformation, practicing together, and um, making meaning. And, and we don't have time to talk about all of them today, but I wanted to hone in on two that I found particularly interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So I wondered if you could speak a bit about what it means to teach for transformation. Mm, yeah. Well, teaching is interesting because I think most of us in ministry, we kind of feel like teaching is the thing we do, you know, <laughs> like we have yeah. this down, we sort of know what it's about. And, and, and in some cases, it's how we prepare most, you know, we prepare a mm -hmm. lot to teach. And in some cases, you know, to preach or to really think about the, the content and how we communicate belief, how we handle scripture, all of that. That's all important. That's all important. Um, when we're talking about teaching for transformation, we're really talking about creating space in our teaching to, you know, go beyond giving a talk or an explanation or conferring information mm -hmm. and, and engaging young people, engaging them in active and holistic ways, but also in inquisitive ways that we're curating the kind of environment where we are asking questions and where they can ask questions. Um, one of the things that we really encourage is that we follow Jesus' own example in teaching that, sure, Jesus said a lot of things, but so often he was asking a question and he was asking a question in response to a question. Um, mm -hmm. By some counts, he was 40 times more likely to ask a question than give an answer. And so 
you know, we really want to encourage leaders to think creatively, experientially, um, to think about discovery as opposed to just information transfer. And, you know, we talked with a lot of ministries. So as part of this project, we were interviewing youth pastors and leaders, and we um, did some site visits. And we heard from a lot of folks who really focus in on this kind of approach, you know, a, a discussion-based approach or question-based approach. Um, and there's, there's so much deeper opportunity for engagement than when we're just really focused on teaching information. Right. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes we talk about the difference between um, information, teaching for information and teaching for formation, mm -hmm. um, you know, but so uh, in the book, uh, with regard to this, you talk about um, fostering critical thinking and teaching within the context of community and being modeled on the way that, you know, Jesus was teaching, not just with uh, asking so many questions, as you've just mentioned, but also telling stories. And so it seems like it's a much more interactive and, and engaging way of of, of teaching than I think what we're used to. Um, yeah. Particularly. And, yeah. And, and I, I want to encourage too, that we don't shy away from tough topics and tough issues. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, here we are in election year again. Um, and one, one church in our research, they talked explicitly about how in 2020, um, you know, their church was, kind of split over political parties and, you know, partisanship is a, a huge divider in many of our churches. And it feels like we can't talk about this, right? And it was mm -hmm. so interesting in interviewing at this church and also talking about young, talking with young people at that church, different age groups brought up that, you know, in that season, they had two elders host a discussion um, about like why they were voting for different candidates and they did that respectfully. Mm -hmm. And that was the key that, you know, that people really mentioned is it was, um, it was huge, you know, A, that our church went there and B, that we modeled how to respectfully engage mm -hmm. in disagreement mm -hmm. and how we're trying to process our own faith and discipleship, you know, in light of something as charged as yeah. our political positions these days. Yeah, sure, of course, yeah. Um, so I wanna move on to another of the of the five compass points and mm -hmm. that's the um, idea of making meaning. Uh, uh, I wondered if you could define what you mean by that and, and maybe talk about what that looks like in practice, this idea that we need to be uh, fostering ways to make meaning. Mm -hmm. You know, meaning makers, they impact our lives so deeply. Um, I have three kids and they're teenagers and young adults. And one of my daughters is a huge Taylor Swift fan. And we talk about this and we talk about her music and her impact. And I'm convinced that one of the reasons that Taylor Swift has such um, influence, um, not only with young people, but across generations, but in particular um, in our day, is that she does so much meaning making in her music that she is trying to take hard experiences and 
make sense of them in her life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that people write about over and over related to her music is, you know, young women in particular can find themselves in some story that's in a song. And I think that's a great example for us because making meaning is really how we make sense of our lives. And we might say in the context of discipleship, we're making spiritual sense. Um, we are taking what happens and we're exploring it together and mm -hmm. trying to integrate it into our own understanding of the world and our understanding of our lives. And that might be our very personal experiences, you know, for a teenager, the thing that matters to them right in the moment that feels so intense, whether that's getting cut from a team or getting a huge part in a play or breaking up with that boyfriend or, you know, whatever yeah. that is, like those things matter huge. And the things that happen in our world that feel confusing or unsettling or scary, whether they're global events or local events. And, um, and young people need help making meaning of those of those realities too. You know, how do we make sense of this in light of our faith? What mm -hmm. might scripture have to say about this? Um, what's God doing here? You know, yeah. what could this mean? Yeah, yeah. So um, in the book, you mentioned some questions. What happened? Why does it matter? What now? Or, you know, helping people identify why, why things are important, attaching values to things. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I do think that this is so critical in faith formation. As I was reading that section of the book, I thought a lot about it. I've, I've led many mission teams in my mm -hmm. in my uh, time in church leadership. And I think about that work that you do with the mission team to, to make um uh, you know, to debrief, to understand the significance of what you're doing, to yeah. think about it, what it means um, about God and your faith journey. And, and and we're not always as deliberate about that. I think it's, you know, a mission trip provides a very tidy container for doing that kind of work, but we're not always mm -hmm. as deliberate in other places about doing it. So I, I do think that it's such an important faith building practice. And I, I, I'm really glad that you've highlighted it. Um, you know, I, Faith formation um, today is, I think we all understand why it's critical in youth ministry, um, but I think maybe youth ministry is kind of the, the canary in the coal mine. Um, I think it's a critical issue for the church as the, yeah. you know, as a whole. And I think that um, so many of the paradigms of faith formation that the church has relied on for generations, you know, worship attendance and classroom-based learning and faith modeled at home, all of those things are eroding so quickly uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, we're all aware of the limitations of, of the way that we have traditionally tried to, to form faith, faith among people of all ages. Um, but uh, we're not really sure what the new playbook is. And, and, and I think one of, the, one of the reasons why these practices of teaching for transformation and making meaning really hit home with me is that it seems to me that they're not just critical for youth ministry, they're critical for ministry in general. Uh, and I mean, I know your gig is youth ministry, but yeah. but, it, but it does seem to me that you're pointing to practices that 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 are critical for all leaders in the church today. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And I think there's a real crisis of meaning, <laughs> just mm -hmm. to stick with that one for a minute. There's a real crisis of meaning in the church today you know, and a sense of purpose of what, what are we here for? You know, what are mm -hmm. these communities, what are we doing here? Um, yeah. I just, I, I have the opportunity to preach periodically in my own congregation. And I was just um, 
uh, I just got to preach this past Sunday and and I was wrestling with this myself of like, what does my community need to hear right now as we're making meaning of this moment we're in, the season we're in, and what it looks like in this case um, to trust God together? You know, how do we trust God together in the midst of all of our realities? And I think for many churches, I mean, all the data continues to show that churches are struggling post-pandemic, that churches were struggling before the pandemic, and that sort of the church landscape across the U.S., um, the pandemic only served to accelerate some of the patterns we were already seeing. And there's been all kinds of, uh, well, in fact, I just saw uh, uh, some new research around from the pandemic impact study, um, the EPIC Mm -hmm. study that- Mm-hmm. That in 2023, that just data from just this past year, that half of pastors considered leaving ministry. Yeah. And, you know, that's not in the heart of the pandemic. That is 2023 data. And, right. you know, we hear so much about burnout and struggle in ministry. Um, and and it's, it's conflict in the church and relational strain where some of the big... Um, uh, factors that that pastors named and clergy named and being just exhausted. Yeah. And I think that is so true across, you know, whether we're talking about youth ministry or or other kinds of pastoral ministry that um that we're struggling. And I think I think meaning making is a piece mm-hmm. of that. You know, we need right. we need to to know, I mean, for those of us in ministry, how are we making meaning of our own roles, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> how yeah, do we make meaning out of leaders. this? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that we're trying yeah. to. And then also, how do we sit as that sort of core meaning maker in a community mm-hmm. um, where we're helping people process their lives and, and figure out next steps? And I think that's a huge discipleship task. I think it's a huge spiritual yeah. formation yeah. task for us. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I I appreciate you bringing up that issue of burnout. I mean, one of the things I took from your book that I think is so true that burnout is, you know, certainly a factor in burnout is exhaustion and having to work so hard, but a bigger factor is feeling that you're not succeeding, that you're not making an impact. And I think that, you know, one of the big burnout factors for people in ministry is feeling like it's just not, it's not, they're not making a difference. And and that's, um, that's real. I, I want to go back, uh, follow up just a, on what you were saying just a few minutes ago. Um, you know, it seems like all of these um, points in your book, these five approaches for youth ministry, um, they really do rely on leadership that's quite insightful and capable and highly motivated and uh, faithful, very relational. I mean, it takes a certain kind of leader (laughs) uh, to be able to lead in the way that that you are um, imagining. And so I I guess one of my questions is, how do we help our youth leaders develop these these capabilities, the maturity Mm -hmm. they need to lead in in these ways that I think are quite um, um, perhaps subtle? uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think today's youth leaders need mentoring and accompaniment yeah. themselves. I think they need pastors and, you know, leaders who are committed to walking with them in particular younger youth ministry leaders, which certainly isn't everyone, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, one of the realities often in youth ministry is that younger leaders 
lead the way and are given yeah. significant responsibility with very little training or experience themselves and, and with not a lot of life experience. Right. And I think we have an incredible opportunity, you know, as those of us who are more mature pastoral leaders and um, to offer that sort of mentoring support accompaniment with them. I, I think it really takes not only pastors, but it, it actually takes a community that's committed to right. some practices together. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and and for um for youth leaders to be in the midst of that kind of community. Right. Um I think yeah, is really, I, really it important. It did seem that this was the model you're describing for youth ministry. It really is a mentorship approach. Mm -hmm. Uh you don't really use yeah. that language in the book, but I but it's I good. but I think that it is. And so the idea that that would come within mm -hmm. a broader a uh, broader context of, of mentorship for the for the youth leaders themselves makes sense to me. Um, mm -hmm. To begin to draw this to a close, I mean, you know, we, we've been we've been talking pretty abstractly about about some of the concepts in this yeah. book. I wondered if you could paint a picture or um, share an example of, of what a youth ministry built around these these compass points really looks like. Um, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think we all have in our mind an idea of, of, of what youth ministry is like. Uh, what, what, what might be different? What, 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 what would a youth ministry that was following these compass points um, look like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, First off, I think we could build on the point you just made about really cultivating a community um, of mentorship. And mm -hmm. so I really love that idea of, um, of a sort of communally held youth ministry, mm -hmm. this sense of our young people are the responsibility of this whole church. And so I think one of the really important um, uh, descriptors of a ministry like this is that there is this sense of our young people are our collective responsibility mm -hmm. that we are, you know, together, we are surrounding our young people with support and together we're a discipleship community. And so I think it sort of begins in that ethos. And then, you know, sort of the next layer is that we're training, we're actively training and reinforcing with those who surround young people directly as whether that's staff or volunteers. In most churches, it's mostly volunteers. And that those leaders know that two of the most important parts of their of the way they disciple those young people is through cultivating trust and modeling growth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we didn't get those into those in right. depth here, but, um, but trust is the foundation of relationships. And we have a huge trust crisis today, in yeah. particular across generations. And so as a leader, and I'm a youth leader myself, I have to establish and hold and cultivate that trust with young people um, in really practical ways of, you, you know, for example, um, showing up outside of church to the things that they do, showing up mm. at that game or that performance, you know, that is a way of cultivating trust, being there when I say I'm going to be there. Um, modeling growth is that my own life as the adult is the context for discipleship for that young person. And so before I teach anything, um, I have to be the kind of person who is living out an, an authentic and imperfect faith, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, around other people. And so then that all sets the stage for the kind of teaching we do in youth ministry. So then when we want to have, you know, a discussion based or interactive or, um, or, or kind of um, question based teaching, that part of what has already set the stage is this trust and modeling. Yeah. Yeah. And so our teaching really kind of flows naturally out of that in those discussions. Um, and then the practicing together and making meaning piece, they really kind of go together. And you brought up yeah. mission trips, you know, service experiences, anything we can do to get kids hands on, whether mm-hmm. that's in the church or beyond the church or ideally both, that they're trying, they're practicing, they have yeah. opportunities to get active and to serve and, and to give and and then to make sense of that. Yeah. So the making meaning is, you know, it, it is always a part of what happens after yeah. we serve. And then it's also this element that that makes its way into our teaching because we're processing right. what they're experiencing in their lives. Yeah. Um, well, well, thank yeah. you for pointing out that all these things are holistically connected. I mean, I, I think probably in lifting two of the five, I didn't really fully allow you to to share how all of these things are are holistically connected. And 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 trust. I I mean, trust is so important to any ministry. I mean, this book is a reminder of how how relational ministry is in general, and specifically. I mean, part of your book you talk about the characteristics of Generation Z and mm-hmm. how they are you know, anxious and skeptical. And um, yeah, so it's, it's particularly important in these, in these days. Um, uh, Brad, uh, thank you. Thank you for this conversation. Um, Thank you for not only this book, but for your whole body of work and everything that you all are doing at the, at the Fuller Youth Institute. Um, Again, the book is Faith Beyond Youth Group, Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong Discipleship. Um, It really was a help to me. And I think the book will be a great help to not just people in youth ministry, but um, I think people who are looking for a new way to think about faith formation generally. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Anne. Thanks for joining us for Leading Ideas Talks. Please like and subscribe to this channel and click the bell icon to get updates for new videos.